Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by my favorite college in America, Hillsdale College, which proudly refuses every penny of government funding to remain independent. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. It's all quiet in the underground bunker. Doors closed, locks bolted. But the great one isn't just resting on his laurels. He's making sure your weekend is even better by giving you his best. This is the best of Mark Levin. I was very pleased to hear the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, talk about the fact that Joe Biden has committed impeachable offenses, or at least he believes there's certainly enough information to have an impeachment inquiry. Ladies and gentlemen, an impeachable offense is not the same as a criminal offense because they're two different tracks. Congress cannot determine if somebody's actually committed a crime or not, nor do they have to. There's no need for probable cause. There's no need for guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. There's no grand jury, there's no jury, there's no judge. The majority in the House of Representatives has to make a judgment. And it doesn't even mean that the President of the United States has to have the mens rea, the intent, even the specific intent, to commit an offense. It's a constitutional process. Nobody behind any microphone in this country, nobody in front of any camera in this country, in fact, nobody with a computer or a pen in this country has done more to study this issue than I over the last 40 years. Experience mounts to something, doesn't it? And when you study the impeachment clause of the Constitution, It is something that is unique, but it is something that, in some respects, was based on how Britain handled impeachments, not exclusively, of course. There wasn't 100% agreement on details, but there was 100% agreement on this. If you have a president of the United States who conducts himself in a way that undermines your country, that endangers your country, That's an impeachable offense. When you have a president of the United States who refuses to enforce sanctions that are in place against an enemy of the United States, that in fact is responsible effectively for rearming an enemy of the United States. If you have a president of the United States who in fact will do nothing to prevent that enemy from developing at the 11th hour, 29th minute, 59th second, a nuclear weapon, and in fact has provided proceeds to enable them to complete that process. These are impeachable offenses. These are impeachable offenses. When you have a president defies a 
a law like the Tyler Force Act, named after an American citizen who served at West Point, who was a veteran, and who was murdered in a terrorist act by the moderate Palestinians. That's an impeachable offense. Now, when you also have a president of the United States who refuses to enforce immigration laws, who refuses to secure the nation, who opens the people of this country to national security threats. That is, who enables the Chinese to provide the drugs for the drug cartels to ship into our country and slaughter 100,000 of our citizens each year. When that president refuses to secure the border and unleashes inhumanity like we've never seen on our southern border, Rape, sex trade involving little kids and women, murder, cartels, setting up shop in every one of our states, every one of our metropolitan areas. Those are impeachable offenses. Those are impeachable offenses. Those are not merely policy disagreements, ladies and gentlemen. Those are impeachable offenses. Because what the President of the United States has done, the Constitution doesn't care if he's well-meaning or not. If his IQ is above water or below water. The Constitution could care less. These are high crimes. This is what they meant by high crimes. They didn't mean felonies. They would have said felonies. This is what they meant by high crimes. They didn't mean maladministration. They said they didn't mean maladministration at the Constitutional Convention. In other words, oh, look, I, I, I misappropriated by accident, misapplied funds by act. No. If your actions are dangerous to American society, if you're opening up America to terrorist attacks, if you are, by your own actions, refusing to enforce laws, which you're required to do under the Constitution, you take an oath to uphold the Constitution, that includes laws that are signed, statutes. And if you refuse to enforce stringent policies that are in place to prevent the enemy from being funded, and then you... You don't withdraw those policies, but you quietly refuse to enforce them because you want Iran to get tens of billions of dollars. It's part of your philosophy. It's part of your model. Those are impeachable offenses. There doesn't need to be another hearing. I'm not saying the financial crimes and fraud and the crime family is insignificant. It's very significant. He's a crook. The whole family's crooked and they're corrupt. But I am saying, without another hearing, Joe Biden has committed impeachable offenses. Why would you need to take depositions? Why would you need to subpoena documents? Did Joe Biden hire? Did he hire? The Iranian Marxist 
sycophant? To be the envoy to Iran? Yes, he did. Did that individual in turn hire three individuals who had contact with the foreign ministry of Iran, one of whom was the contacts Ron Gong and is now chief of staff to an assistant secretary of defense? Yes, he did. That's Alger Hiss all over again, times three or four. We don't need depositions to figure that out. We don't need subpoenas to know about it. It's done. This is what he's done. What else? Well, Joe Biden has conferred hundreds of millions of dollars through a UN organization called UNRWA. Short and sweet, UNRWA is a phony front group for the UN. That launders money through the refugee program to Hamas. You pay for this. Joe Biden has paid the Palestinian Authority hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, despite the fact that acts of terrorism are still being committed against the Israelis and against Americans, quite frankly. And that money is being used, your money, to provide pensions to the families of terrorists who are killed. And the more damage they do, the bigger the pension. That's an impeachable offense. I know many of you Republicans in the House and the Senate, you listen to this program. You tell me you listen to this program. You want to come on this program so people can listen to you. Now, I want you to listen to me. This country's in grave condition. We have millions of people coming across the border. We have no idea who they are. We caught a few terrorists, people on the terrorist watch list. That means we've, we've not caught them all. It's not possible. And you Republicans in the House and the Senate, you have an obligation to try and do something about this. Beat your chest, speak loudly, but take action. The Senate, Republicans, you're in the minority. Well, put out riders, do other things, insist on enforcement. Insist that he enforce the oil sanctions and the other sanctions. My God, the country's dying. Iran's going to get a nuke. They're working with China and Russia and North Korea. They've destroyed Yemen. They've destroyed Lebanon. The Iranians. They fund Hamas. They fund Hezbollah. They fund the Houthis in in Yemen. They work with the Syrians. Who slaughtered half a million people. It's none of our business. Let me tell you something about none of our business. That also has nothing to do with impeachment. Joe Biden has committed impeachable offenses. If not now, when will we use it? Look at the Mickey Mouse crap they impeached Trump on. It's ridiculous. Or the efforts to put him in prison the rest of his life over documents. And free speech during January 6th. Oh, we've got witnesses flipping and flopping and all over the place. Oh, it's so serious. And a hack, rogue, phony judge who just reinstated after staying her gag order. And people are, well, didn't he violate the gag order when he criti- criticized Bill Barr? Maybe we need a few gag orders for the media. Then let's hear them squeal like stuck pigs. 
church can do exactly the same thing. The First Amendment applies to individuals. We have a right to free speech as much as a media corporation has a right to freedom of the press. They're not prioritized. Then we'll see how much they like gag orders. But I am here to say that the best way to bring this front and center and to show that there are people in Congress who want this country to survive and to show that there are people in Congress who are smart, not kamikazes banging their heads against the wall, then draw up the damn articles of impeachment If you want to draw up a separate set dealing with the finances, you can do that, or you can wait on that, but draw up a set right now and how Biden is arming our enemies. 32 Americans died as a result. Several are still hostages. We don't know how many as a result. Our southern border is open because he won't enforce the law. Hundreds of thousands of Americans have died as a result. If these aren't impeachable offenses, there are no impeachable offenses. What do you think the framers of the Constitution would say about a president like this? He's committed multiple high crimes. No subpoenas, no depositions. Just make your case. If you're incapable of writing the articles, I can write them myself. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Making your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. Don't you think, you know, I'm not a big internet person or social media. I post a lot, but I don't read the comments and so forth. Unless Mr. Producer says, you might want to read some of these comments. But I just post. And um, when you take a thought from somebody else or somebody else makes a great point aren't you supposed to put H slash T Mr. Producer hat tip to your source in school Joe Biden knows this now but it doesn't stop him when you take somebody else's thoughts or points or writings and you regurgitate them without mentioning where you got them from 
you can be expelled, you can flunk your career, you're humiliated. Why isn't that the same with radio and TV? I don't even listen to anybody. Well, I listen to some friends now and then when I'm in the car, not to be rude. But I'm just saying, I certainly don't listen or watch anything for the purpose of taking something from somebody. I don't believe in that. That's basic ethics and morality. So when I say, and I've said now for a few weeks, on Fox, and on Blaze, and behind this microphone, that's significant audience. That those people in the streets marching for Hamas, those aren't Republicans, they're Democrats. They're not going to vote Republican, they're going to vote Democrat. They're not going to vote for the Republican nominee, they're going to vote for Biden. They're Democrats. Those tenured Marxist, Hamas-loving, Nazi-loving professors, they're Democrats. They're not Republicans, they're going to vote for Biden. And this is a growing part of the Democrat Party base. So if you're going to regurgitate that yesterday or today, no humility, no class. The other thing is this. Ah, screw it. Let's keep going here. I'm not going to keep jumping in here. Wow, wow, wow. I told you before that Biden, you can check the post, you can check the audio, what's the point? is lying to the American people, and he's lying to the Israelis. He's doing one thing in public and another thing behind their backs. I figured this out a couple of weeks ago, because it was obvious to me when he would go over there, and then I was hearing from my own sources that he is saying one thing publicly and doing another, and then he started to say the same thing publicly, which was over and over again, follow the rules of war. They're saying this, of course, to Israel. And be proportional. And it was the mantra. It was the talking points of the Democrat Party, the Democrat administration, the media, the media surrogates over and over and over again. Now there's something else they're saying. And I pointed this out too. On social media and beyond. And you're hearing it over and over again. The Israelis are fighting for their survival. Those are Israeli citizens in those tanks. Those are Israeli citizens in those planes. Those are Israeli infantry. Nobody else. Just them. And yet it becomes an international issue when they win on how the territory that they gave to the Palestinians is to be handled. Even worse. Two-state solution. two-state solution I've been opposed to a two-state solution my entire adult life because it doesn't make any sense what's a two-state solution and they all say this where Palestinians and Jews can live in peace side by side Mr. Peterson but that won't happen Side by side in peace? And who's going to run this Palestinian state? Fatah? Hamas? Who's going to run it? The UN? 
college professors and their thug students? Who's going to run this other state? Where are the quote-unquote rational Palestinian leaders? Where are they? Here's another one. Show me one. I'll bring them on this radio program. I don't mean an activist. I mean a leader, a Palestinian leader. Where are they? Where do we find them? And if most Palestinians in the Middle East want peace, why don't they have leaders who want peace? Who are they? Where are they? They don't exist. What do you mean they don't exist? They don't exist. Where are they? They're nowhere. Wouldn't we know their names? Wouldn't they get a special international honor by now? Some kind of peace prize? Nobel Prize for peace? Wouldn't they? No. There aren't any. Or if there are, they don't live for long. Two states. Now let's think about this for a second. We have Ramaswamy, who has changed his position 14 times. But that said, he says, a couple months ago, and he calls me over the weekend about it, and I said, you're out of your mind, and I don't appreciate, you know, I let him have it. Friendly, but I let him have it. He said, we need a situation where 20, 30 years, the Arabs and the Jews, their cultures will assimilate one into the other. I said, are you nuts? The Israelis have to learn to stand on their own two feet. The Israelis have to learn to stand on their own two feet. Aren't they standing on their own two feet? Now, well, Mark, we assist them. Look, I'll bet the Israelis would say today, you cut that $70 billion off to Iran, you can keep your $3.4 billion. But what they don't tell you about that $3.4 billion is much of it is used in the Israeli R&D military development. And when they come up with new technologies and they come up with new weapons... They don't sell them to the United States. They give them to the United States. And much of their technology is cutting edge, which has been used in our development of weapons and so forth. It's a two-way street is the point. It's not that way with Iran. The Palestinians. Two-state solution. Think this through. What was the Gaza Strip? That was a Palestinian state. It was handed to them. It's on the Mediterranean. The beautiful beaches, just so you know. Beautiful hills. It's a small area. Hong Kong was a small area. Taiwan's a small area. One has nothing to do with the other. One has absolutely nothing to do with the Hamas is worth over a billion dollars. I just told you that. I told you about their investments worldwide. So where is this second state going to be? And we're going to have this two-state solution with Iran still pumping money into terrorist regimes? Where will Hezbollah be? Where will the Palestinian Authority be? Where will the Houthis be? Where are all these terrorist groups? Are they just going to go away? And this two-state solution, a real independent Palestinian state, what are they going to have? They're going to have an air force? They're going to have missile systems built for them by the communist Chinese and the fascistic Russians? What is this going to look like, this two-state solution? 
Let me say this again. All right, backbenchers, get your pens out. A two-state solution for Israel is a final solution. And yet, Biden keeps saying it. Harris, who's married to a Jew, she keeps saying that. Blinken, a self-hating Jew, he keeps saying that. I sure hope you were able to watch my shows over the weekend on Fox or Blaze or listen to this program because I've explained the ideology that is now behind all this. It's the same ideology that is behind weakening America as a superpower and building up our enemies. Because, you know, America is imperialistic and colonialistic like hell. How many hundreds of thousands of troops have we lost to defend other countries throughout Europe, throughout the entire world? How much American blood has been spilled in sand and dirt on mountains and valleys? And we don't keep these countries. Unlike the Soviets, we didn't say, okay, half of Europe belongs to us. Japan belongs to us. No. They did. We didn't. But Biden, Blinken, Sullivan, all of them. Their ideology is this. Please listen to this. This is important. They need to rebalance, they say, the power, the superpower of the United States with other countries. What are you talking about? The United States is too strong. Therefore, it creates an international unbalance. And this unbalance creates wars. And this unbalance creates terrorism. And this unbalance creates hostility. We need a more equitable balance. So America is negotiating and acting like one of several countries rather than a superpower. Did you hear what I just said? That's what they're doing. And they feel the same way about Israel in the Middle East. This is why Obama hates Netanyahu. This is why the American left hates Netanyahu. This is why the Israeli left hates Netanyahu. This is why the American media hates Netanyahu. And relevant to today, this is why Biden hates Netanyahu. Israel is just too powerful. You can't obliterate Hamas. You need to feed the people, medicate the people, get the people water. Screw the Egyptians and Qatar and Turkey and Jordan. That's their problem. They don't want to participate. That's up to them. The hell with Qatar and Turkey for supporting Hamas, funding it, giving protection to their leaders. No, Israel's too powerful. And so we need to weaken Israel while we strengthen Iran. Insane, right? That's what they're doing. That's why the oil keeps pouring out of Iran's ground. That's why they make a billion and a half dollars a week. That's why they say we need a two-state solution. All right, I'm going to give you the second shoe to drop here. Some of you are going to go, are you kidding me? I'm not kidding anybody. They don't want Israel to obliterate Hamas. Oh yes, they want them to critically wound them. But if they obliterate Hamas, what will Iran say? What will Hezbollah And you hear the monkeys in the media, the parrots in the media, the, the low IQ repeaters in the media, and what do they say? Oh my God, if Israel really fights in Hamas and tries to obliterate them, they'll open up a second front, maybe a third front! I had a debate with one of these people on Fox. What are we going to do? How is this going to work? 
What are we going to have, a nuclear war? So what is Israel supposed to roll over and play dead? Of course. Hide in the corner. Here's what they want. You ready for this? They want Israel to keep fighting. And fighting and fighting and fighting. Just don't win. Because if you win, you'll change drastically the balance of power that we're trying to create in the Middle East. Don't you understand, Mark? Why do you think we're allowing Iran to be funded by billions when Trump wouldn't? Oh, and by the way, same with Ukraine. We'll give them just enough weapons where they can keep fighting. We can give them the kind of weapons where Ukraine would actually have a knockout blow of Russia, which in my view would be a huge benefit to the entire world. But it's not going to happen. Because Biden doesn't want Ukraine to win. He doesn't want Israel to win. He doesn't want America to win. This is what happens when you have Marxist Ivy League buffoons running foreign policy. This was Obama's doctrine. This was his foreign policy. All of his people are around Biden. They serve at the State Department. They serve at the National Security Council, the Defense Department, throughout the bureaucracy and in the media. This is what they're pushing. So what if Iran gets a nuke? Israel has nukes. There you go. We just balance them up. So what if Saudi Arabia gets nukes? They have nukes. Iran has nukes. Israel has nukes. Beautiful symmetry. Of course, Iran is a terrorist state that's killed Americans. Oh, that's, that's okay. That's because of us, America. We did this. You know, because we supported the Shah for so long. I've now explained to you what nobody has explained to you. And, hat tip to Michael Duran, D-O-R-A-N in tablet, and hat tip to Marty Peretz, also in the tablet, 2021. I've expanded upon it, but they wrote about this, interestingly, April, May, back to back. And they're right. That's what's going on. What do they say about communist China that keeps threatening us? We want to manage competition. What do you mean manage competition? They keep saying, manage the competition. We're not out to take down China. We don't need to build up our military more than it is already. We want to manage competition. That's all. Manage it. These people are destroying our country. They're destroying other countries. Mark Levin. You're listening to the best of Mark Levin. I have a little message for the media, for Biden, for the Democrat Party. Little message for the Islamo-Nazis like Hamas, Hezbollah, the Iranian regime. Israel is not going to do less, less than we in the United States would do and have done for their own survival. They're not going to. 
this constant pressure by the West, particularly led by Biden, Blinken, and other sellouts and appeasers, is clearly anti-Semitic. No other nation on the face of the earth that's fighting for its survival has been asked to have a humanitarian ceasefire, quote-unquote, as its military personnel is in harm's way conducting an operation, complex, so that the enemy can rearm, so that the enemy can regroup. To demand that the Israeli military do what our military would never do, the European military would never do, no military would ever do, is outrageous and unconscionable. Were we feeding? Were we feeding territories conquered and controlled by the Taliban? During the 21 years that we were there? Of course not. We should learn from our own mistakes rather than trying to project them onto other countries. We went into Iraq. We lost a lot of men. And a lot of them lost their arms, their eyes, parts of their heads, their legs. Because we wouldn't fight to win. We refused to take on Iran. And so our soldiers suffered badly. And we sent a message to Iran. That they can outlast us. And they can do whatever they want. And they can build whatever they want. That we're not going to stop them. Israel is not only fighting their, their enemies. Those enemies are our enemies. Hamas, Hezbollah, Iran, the Muslim Brotherhood, Islamic Jihad. They've killed thousands of American citizens and thousands of American soldiers. And they are trying to fight a war as we do not anymore and as apparently we will not anymore. They want to defeat Hamas. They want to obliterate Hamas. What is this humanitarian ceasefire stuff? Have you ever heard of that phrase in any other context than in the last three and a half weeks? Did we have any talk about humanitarian ceasefires during the Civil War, during the Revolutionary War, during World War I, during World War II, during the Vietnam War, during the Korean War? Humanitarian ceasefire? It's a war! They're trying to defeat the enemy. Defeat the enemy. Enough of their people have died under presidents of both parties who've insisted on, quote-unquote, the equivalent of humanitarian ceasefire. And Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran and all the other yabadabas, they understand the Democrat Party slash Western mentality, and they exploit it. And they exploit it. The Israelis, pray to God, are going to ignore Biden. They're going to ignore Blinken. Oh, publicly, they'll pat them on the head, thank them for everything. 
But behind the scenes, they must do what they must do. And if Hezbollah and Iran want to open a second and a third front, then Israel has the weapons to deal with that too. And they have the ultimate weapon. We use the ultimate weapon twice. Those bombs were built for Germany. But it turned out it was Japan that wouldn't surrender. In American lives, red-blooded American lives, we had lost enough lives. World War II. Hundreds of thousands of lives. And Japan wouldn't surrender. Then we fought at Okinawa. And people don't know, on that little island, south of Japan, Okinawa, we, our Marines, suffered the greatest casualties in any battle in American history. The Marines did. Any of their battles in our history, that was the most costly. Not Iwo Jima, not Guam, not the Solomon Islands, Okinawa. And enough was enough. All throughout World War II, civilians were targeted. They were targeted by the Axis powers. They were targeted by the Alliance. As well as manufacturing sites and military sites, of course. But if you don't take the heart out of the enemy, the enemy doesn't die. Harry Truman, after he dropped the first atomic bomb, they weren't sure it would work. They were thrilled when it did. They only had another one. The Emperor of Japan, much like a religious figure, he offered a, a partial surrender with conditions. Truman said no, unconditional surrender. They wouldn't do it. Two or three days later, they dropped the second bomb. They had none left. They prayed to God it would work. And it did. And Japan surrendered unconditionally. Mark, Mark, you're such a warmonger. Isn't that interesting? History makes you a warmonger. Discussing history makes you a warmonger. But I don't judge my character. I don't judge my morality. I don't judge myself based on what reprobates, malcontents, and miscreants have to say about me or anybody else. The swine are in the mud. Right where they belong. With Hamas. The Hamas Nazis. And they have more in common with the Hamas Nazis than with people fighting for their liberty. Civilized people who believe in humanity and life. A humanitarian ceasefire? That's the phrase now. Humanitarian to whom? The Israelis? The Israeli soldiers? Those are citizen soldiers. Israel is mostly citizen soldiers. Humanitarian ceasefire for whom? Oh, the Palestinians. Oh, the Egyptians won't let them out. 
The Egyptians won't take any. The Jordanians, and I can go through the other 22 Arab countries, they won't take them. But a humanitarian ceasefire, where we know the Hamas Nazis steal the food, steal the medicine, steal the fuel. They know it. But they want to do it anyway. Why? Because those aren't, honestly, American lives in Gaza. So Biden says it. Well, some of them are Americans. Some of them are dual citizens. Those aren't French lives. Those aren't British lives who are fighting. Those are the Israelis, the Jews. So sure, we should have a humanitarian ceasefire. You should never use the word humanitarian in the same sentence as Hamas. Not in the same sentence. And Joe Biden. Let me be clear. Let me be clear. So the Hamas Nazi-loving propagandists in the media and their little websites, the George Soroses and the Charles Koch crowd, let me be as clear as I know how. And I've already said it, but let me say it again. Joe Biden has blood on his hands. So does Blinken. So does Sullivan. They all do. So does Mali. That humanitarian ceasefire. I guess that goes along with the humanitarian rearming of the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran that slaughters its own people, its own little girls. Humanitarian ceasefire. I guess that goes along with the humanitarian aid to the Palestinians that use it for terrorism. Humanitarian ceasefire. In other words, Joe Biden is pushing appeasement in stages. I was thinking about this. Appeasement in stages is appeasement. Appeasement in stages is appeasement. The Israelis would do well to pat Joe on the head, to go through the seven and a half hour Ivy League type meetings with Blinken, and do what the hell they need to do regardless. Mark Levin. Great one makes your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. I'm seeing reports constantly in the news now that the Hamas Nazi attack on Israel is dividing Democrats. Dividing Democrats. You know, those of you who've listened to this program over the years have said over and over and over again there's a growing anti-Semitic wing within the Democrat Party. I coined the phrase Hamas wing of the Democrat Party. Hamas wing of Congress. Of course, now it's fairly commonplace But when you say things like this, and you're the first to say, you come under withering attack. Trust me on this. So now the White House is putting together a a group to combat, to counter Islamophobia. Is that what you see happening in the streets, America? Islamophobia? Is that what you see happening at colleges? Hundreds of them? 
from the top Ivy League colleges on down, bottom up, middle out? Is that what you're seeing, Islamophobia? Where's Islamophobia taking place? I'm very serious about this. If over 60% of religious hate crimes, this comes from the FBI, are committed against 2.4% of the population, the Jews, where's the Islamophobia? Here's my question. Here's my question. And I've raised this before. Why don't they tell us who's committing these hate crimes, these religious hate crimes against the Jews? Who are they? Evangelical Christians? No. Catholics? No. Mormons? No. Buddhists? No. Hindus? No. Well, who's doing it? They won't tell us. Why won't they tell us? And who is it? That's committing all these acts of Islamophobia. And where are all these acts of Islamophobia? I'm not talking about one-off, craven, evil people. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about some systemic or ubiquitous Islamophobic activity going on in America. I don't see it. Now, you know damn well if it was all over the place, it'd be in the front page of the New York Times. The Washington Post. You know damn well MSNBC will be running with it, left and right. From the Scarboroughs to Joy Reid. Joy Reid, the anti-Semite that she is. In fact, there's more anti-Semites on MSNBC than really on any other network, to tell you the truth. CNN coming a close second. Well, CNN is mostly self-hating Jews. But... MSNBC is filled with anti-Semites. Islamophobia, America. Where? Where are these marches? Where are the people shouting at the top of their lungs to obliterate Muslims? Where are they? In L.A., in New York... Philadelphia, Chicago, Detroit, where are they? They're nowhere. And where are all these Islamophobic tenured professors? Where are they? Which university, which college, which school? Signing a bunch of letters. Attacking Muslims. Where are those letters? Where is that faculty? They're nowhere. They're nowhere. They don't exist. They're creating a false narrative in order to counter the level of poisonous, cancerous, putrid hatred against the Jews by Islamist organizations that are welcome in the Democrat Party. Hamas, of all, of all entities, a terrorist enemy. Embraced. By the Democrat Party. Embraced by the media. Which try their damnness. To talk about Palestinians versus Hamas. And yet by their own language. Their own construction of sentences. Their own construction of arguments. 
They linked the two. I saw a survey the other day. 70% of Palestinians support Hamas. But then I'm told over and over again that's not true. So who do we believe? You know who to believe. Joe Biden is leading the most anti-Semitic administration in modern American history. The second being Obama, the Obama-Biden administration. Oh, they talk. They send ships. They send weapons. But they don't want Israel to win. In fact, today, in Politico, the Biden regime leaked that Biden doesn't expect the Prime Minister of Israel to last, so they're looking for somebody else, just in case, who might run Israel. They've been trying to run Netanyahu out of the Prime Ministership since he was re-elected. On the one hand, they were rearming and funding the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran, They sent their Iran sympathizers and lapdogs over to negotiate. Couldn't even give nuclear weapons away to Iran. They lifted virtually every sanction, particularly on oil. Funding Iran to the tune of one and a half billion dollars a week. And for the Jew haters out there, Israel gets 3.4 billion and they turn around and purchase American weapons and develop their own technology and Provide it to America. That's part of the deal for free. But that's a side point. Blinken's already saying that should the Jews in Israel succeed and Hamas is knocked out, even though they don't want Gaza obliterated, mind you. They want a Fatah, an emboldened and empowered Fatah government, an Abbas government. I just posted something on my social sites from memory, M-E-M-R-I, on the so-called moderate Fatah movement. It's the old PLO. It's Yasser Arafat's group. It's a terrorist organization. Abbas is a terrorist. He led the slaughter of the Jews in 1972 at the Munich Olympics. He leads terrorist acts against Jews, including not just Jews, but Americans. It was so outrageous and so constant that our Congress passed the Teller Force Act to prevent the conveyance of funds to the Palestinian Authority, that is the PLO, unless they swear off terrorism, but they couldn't, they wouldn't. It was too complicated, too difficult for them, you understand. They're chasing a final solution, they're pretending they support a two-state solution. That's the moderate government that Blinken says he wants, and Biden wants, to run the Gaza Strip. Who the hell do these two bastards think they are? 
Who the hell do these two bastards think they are? With the IDF spilling Israeli blood and these two will decide after the fact who will run, what government will run. The Gaza Strip, Fatah originally ran the Gaza Strip in 2005 when it was turned over by the Israelis to the Palestinians. Fatah took it over. They lost an election to Hamas. Are they going to have elections in the Gaza Strip? Gee, I wonder how that'll work out. I wonder how that'll work out. Israel's the only country on the face of the earth that's not allowed to win a war. Israel's the only country on the face of the earth that can't fight in the way armies fight to win a war. Israel's the only country on the face of the earth that is blackmailed repeatedly by Democrat administrations in our country and radical left-wing governments in Europe. Why haven't the House Republicans begun impeachment of Joe Biden, at least started to draft articles? I'd like to know. Now, I've said before, and I'll say it as often as I have to, that there is Islamophobia, and it's horrific. But it's not in our country. It's in the Gaza Strip. It's in Iran. It's in Lebanon. It's in Iraq. It's in Syria. Syria killed over half a million Muslims over the course of the last 10 years. Syria. Hamas is killing Muslims as we speak. Using them as human shields. The PLO, under Abbas, if you're a Palestinian and you sell property to a Jew, that's a capital offense. Sounds like Islamophobia to me. Islamophobia going on in Yemen, where the Houthis, another Iranian militia group, are slaughtering Muslims. Muslims are being slaughtered all over the world, all over the world, in Arab and Muslim countries. Not in the United States, not in Europe, not in Canada, not in Central and South America, not in Iceland and Greenland. They're being slaughtered by the thousands, the tens of thousands, by other Muslims. Not the Jews, not the Christians, not the Buddhists, not the Hindus, not the atheists, not the gays, not the this, not the that. No, Muslims are Islamophobic. And yet the White House puts together a group. You know why? Because as I wrote, the Democrat Party hates America. Joe Biden and the Obama rack-think Marxists who surround him and are in his administration blame America for Islamophobia. It's amazing, isn't it? Can you imagine if we actually get a president who starts deporting Islamists? That's their name for terrorists. 
Islamists who have student visas? Can you imagine? Or secures the border with heightened vetting or even a temporary period of blocking of individuals coming to this country from parts of the world that raise Islamists? Immigration isn't an invitation, everybody, to come to America. Immigration is a privilege. Immigration is based on what people who come to this country benefit our country and our citizens. I don't know. Call me old-fashioned. But allowing people into this country who hate it, whomever they are, from wherever they are, organizations that fund terrorism that are linked to terrorists, People who talk like AOC or Joy Reid or Talib or Omar or even Bernie Sanders. Should we welcome them with open arms? Thank you. Come in. Hate us. Build a violence network. Build a terror network. Please come in by the millions. But the Democrat Party's divided. I've heard this all day in the media. Between its Hamas wing and everybody else. Mark Levin. We're giving you nothing but the best. The best of Mark Levin. Well, I reprobates in the media. The Hamas propagandists. Remember October 12th, five days after the worst atrocities against Jews since the Holocaust. Fresh in our memories, fresh in Israel memories. CNN has a reporter named Becky Anderson. And the president of Israel, Herzog, very moderate person, he's taking questions. Five days after these atrocities. And here's what the CNN representative had to say. Go. Becky Anderson from CNN. The collective punishment of a civilian population amounts to a war crime under international law. Uh, The U.S. has warned Israel to uphold laws of war. But I just answered, Becky, you haven't heard probably their reply to ITV. And I'm quite disappointed that that's what you're asking instantaneously. Haven't you seen? You've seen. You're all there. You were all there. You've seen. So now we're starting with the rhetoric about... uh, 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 War crimes? Really? Truly? Truly? With respect, what do you mean? With respect, Truly? You see, I just said that Israel abides by international law, operates by international law. Every operation is secured and covered and reviewed legally. With all due respect, I truly believe that this comes totally out of context. That's CNN. Becky Anderson. Jake Tapper. Wolf Blitzer. That's CNN. That's their attitude. That's their mindset. And they run with figures from the Hamas health services. Or the Hamas Red Crescent. And they regurgitate the Biden administration's talking points. Whether it's Biden or Blinken or Sullivan or the other stooges. And what is that? What is it? It needs to be a humanitarian ceasefire. 
a ceasefire. Israel now has Gaza City surrounded. A ceasefire? Why would Israel do that? I thought the goal was to obliterate Hamas. I thought the goal was to free the Palestinian people from Hamas. What happened? Not at CNN. CNN's worried that Hamas needs to survive. Now, why do I say that? Because you can't win a war under the terms that Biden and CNN are insisting on. And so many of these CNN reporters, well, they're Democrats who work for Democrats. And that's why they're on CNN. Here's Speaker Mike Johnson at a press conference today. Cut three, Mr. Producer. Cut three. Go. And now, as Israel begins the next phase of its war, it's been kind of disturbing to us. I've heard Democrats uh, suggest that there needs to be a ceasefire. Let us be clear. We've been very clear about this. There was a ceasefire. It was before October 7th. And Hamas broke it. And Israelis suffered unspeakable acts of evil, as you've heard even recounted here this morning. Israel doesn't need a ceasefire. Needs its allies to cease with the politics and deliver support now. And that's what we're doing. House Republicans plan to do that. We're going to do it in short order, and it provides Israel the aid it needs to defend itself, free its hostages, and eradicate Hamas, which is a mission that must be accomplished. All of this, all of this, while we also work to ensure responsible spending and reduce the size of the federal government to pay for that commitment to our friend and ally. We cannot waste any time getting Israel the aid it needs. We're going to work on that. Now, this man has been character assassinated by Hakeem Jeffries and the Democrats in Congress and the Democrats in the media, relentlessly. He's a good man. He's a man of faith. He's a Christian man. He's a man who loves this country. He's told me he's been to Israel many times. I met him. At that conference I just told you about in Las Vegas. I didn't see him. He came up to me. Could not have been kinder. Now, listen to the difference. Here's Dick Durbin on CNN today. Dick Durbin on CNN. Why is he on CNN? Because they want to give voice to the Biden administration's appeasement. The Biden administration does not want Israel to win. The Biden administration is still funding Iran, still funding Hamas, still funding the Palestinian terrorists under the PA, still funding them. You know, people say, well, we gave Israel $3.4 billion, and they're an ally, and they use that money to develop weapons systems, and any technology they develop, which is quite significant, they share with the United States. But compare that $3.4 billion to $70 billion that Iran has received recently as a result of Biden refusing to enforce the sanctions. But here's Dick Durbin. Now, I want you to think about this. This is one of the leading Democrats in the, in the United States Senate, in the country. And Poppy Harlow, also of CNN, right, Mr. Producer? Listen to this. Listen to this tough, tough question. Cut four, go. Is a ceasefire needed now? Is a ceasefire needed now? Why isn't she the press secretary for Biden? What kind of a question is that? Now, you and I both know 
It's a statement with a question mark at the end of it. She is soliciting, like Wolf Blitzer did, with uh, Hakeem Jeffries, in the clip that I paid for you at the top of the first hour, she's soliciting a response that she wants. She wants a ceasefire. Humanitarian ceasefire, mind you. She is giving aid and comfort to the enemy, just as Wolf Blitzer did. And what does Durbin say? Go. Is a ceasefire needed now? I think it is, at least uh, under uh, in the context of both sides agreeing. For example, the release of those who have been kidnapped should be part of this immediate release. Uh, that should be the beginning of it. Isn't it uh, interesting? Isn't it interesting when it came to Americans left behind in Afghanistan? Did you see this kind of focused interest in getting them out of Afghanistan? They don't even talk about it anymore. Hundreds of Americans, by last report, I think, were left behind in Afghanistan. Where are they? What's happened? They don't matter anymore. On to the next. And what about the $6 billion that Biden directed these South Koreans to release to the Iranians? Well, it's here, it's there. The Iranians know what it is, and they know what they want. If it was so hard to get then they wouldn't have made the deal in the first place. He paid $6 billion for five hostages. We don't do that. But we did. And Biden takes no responsibility for funding Iran, meaning funding Hamas, takes no responsibility for enticing the enemy, the Hamas terrorists, to kidnap individuals because they know they'll get something from Biden for it. Not a missile up the ass, but something else. Go ahead. It should be made to engage in conversation between the Israelis and the Palestinians. Well, let's, let's, what does he mean, conversation between the Israelis and the Palestinians? Which Palestinians? The people who control Gaza are Hamas. Did this man say, did he mean that Israel should engage in negotiations with Hamas? Who does he mean? Did we engage in negotiations with Al-Qaeda? What kind of insanity is this? But Poppy Harlow's, I'm sure, very pleased with the response. Go ahead. This has gone on for decades. Uh, whatever the rationale from the beginning, it has now reached an intolerable level. Uh, we need to have a resolution in the Middle East that gives some promise for the future. This is how stupid gets elected to the Senate been going on and on. We need to have a resolution in the Middle East that gives some premise. What he means is a two-state final solution for Israel. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? The Israelis gave the Gaza Strip to the Palestinians. It wasn't Palestinian by any stretch of any imagination. It was Egyptian. And they remove every single Jew from the Gaza Strip. 2005. Fatah is in charge. The people, the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip, elect Hamas, a known terrorist organization, to lead their government. But apparently they have no role in it at all, other than they voted for them and put them in office. So now, the Israelis shouldn't defeat... Listen! Listen to what Durbin said. And now they need to split hairs and turn things into pretzels. Listen to what he said. 
There needs to be a conversation with the Israelis and the Palestinians. There needs to be a ceasefire. However this war began, however, whatever the circumstances, we have to have a resolution in the Middle East that gives some promise for the future. A two-state solution? No. That was always preposterous. And now it's even more preposterous. And by the way, this is why they hate yours truly. This is why they hate Netanyahu. This is why they hate Trump. Because we will not, and not just us, anybody who stands up against this insanity, we will not tolerate the dissolution of our country or the dissolution of our ally. That is, you and me. We will not tolerate it. The others, they're fine. Every experiment they try has failed. Their biggest experiment, building up Iran, knocking down Israel, creating this, this phony balance. So you have this balance, mutual assured destruction, and that will force the parties to get together, force the parties to work together. This is the insanity. And by the way, great, great Life, Liberty, and Levins on Saturday and Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern. We want Wolf Blitzer to watch especially. We want to help educate him. But we want you all to watch. And I have Michael Duran on. Many of you don't know who he is, but he's very, very uh, intelligent scholar on these matters. And he's the one who started writing about the so-called realignment. But I've expanded it. It's not just a realignment in the Middle East. It's a realignment period where the United States needs to be knocked down. China can be built up. Russia and others, even Russia. Despite what people say, even in conservative media, Biden's not giving the Ukrainians weapons to win. He's giving them weapons to fight. To fight. And just so you folks know, the ambassador to the United Nations from Russia announced in the last 24 hours that Israel does not have the right to defend itself because Israel's illegitimate and it's on occupied territory. So they've thrown in completely with the terrorists. Why? Because they see Biden's weak. Why? Because they know this balance theory coming out of the ivory towers of stupidity with Blinken and Malley and Sullivan. But all Obama. All Obama. So Dick Durbin now wants a ceasefire. Now that the Israelis have lost IDF soldiers, and these IDF soldiers, many of them are citizen soldiers. They've lost several dozen of them now. They're surrounding Gaza City. All the effort, all the resources, all the blood. And this senator, sitting on his fat ass in Washington, D.C., in his office, is asked by Poppy Harlow. I guess we're supposed to take her seriously. It's not her nickname, it's her name. Is a ceasefire needed now? Well, of course. The Israelis are going to win. They can't win. We can't have that. I want to read something to you. Let me tell you why Biden wants a ceasefire and why Biden's being pressured and Biden is pressuring the Israelis and there must never be a ceasefire. This is posted by Ryland Givens on X. 
or Raylan. Israeli news reports just now, the leaders of Hamas and Gaza are in total panic mode. They realized all their defenses have crumbled around Gaza City, and they're begging for help. They're surrounded. That is why Hania, that is the head of the uh, Islamo-Nazis, rushed to Iran to ask them to push Hezbollah to a war with Israel to help save them. More from Ynet Alerts report, Iran failed to fully grasp the force of IDF ground assault in Gaza due to deceptive Israeli moves. Tehran now understands the situation in Gaza is graver than initially estimated. Regime pressing Hezbollah to intensify attacks on Israel. While Biden's telling the Israelis to back off for humanitarian reasons. Well, let me say this. If Israel backs off, it's not for humanitarian reasons because more of their soldiers will die, more of their civilians will die. No ceasefire until it's done. And Biden is basically threatening the Israeli government. Threatening them, holding aid over their head, sending Blinken over there again. That's what's going on. You know what's interesting, Mr. Producer? I was the first to point this out. Remember I said Biden is lying? Behind the scenes, he's pressuring Israel. Remember I posted that on the internet early on? Came behind this microphone, said the same thing. He's lying. He's saying one thing now, and he's saying another thing to them. And that's what he's doing. And you know who's watching this? The Iranians, Hezbollah, all the, uh, you know, all those in the Middle East, and as well as the Chinese and the Russians. What will Israel do? Will they buckle? And Biden is showing to the entire world that his commander-in-chief, the United States, will buckle. Not you and me, but him. And he'll have full-throated support from the Hamas-supporting media. 